In this perspective series, you will see how the book of Nehemiah shows that you are uniquely needed. Chapter 11, the new residents of Jerusalem. So look, we've seen this before in um, Nehemiah 3, uh, Nehemiah 7, I think it was. Um, people, 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 these kind of sections of the Bible where you get lists of people and sometimes you get numbers with them and sometimes you get rules and things. But again, I'll, I'll not labour this point too much in this time we have together now. People matter to God. You matter to God. The reason that this series is called Uniquely Needed is because you are uniquely needed. And again, as we said before, we don't know these people. We might not know the numbers and, and anything about the people here. But they're all named, known and important to God. You matter to God. You are created to live with great purpose. You're alive with great purpose. You might not know it. You might not feel it. You might not believe it. It doesn't change the fact that you are alive with purpose, uniquely created, uniquely needed. Um, and, and I know <laughs> how many times I don't feel that. And yet my feelings, my emotions, what I think doesn't change the fact of what God says and what God is doing. But at this point in the story, in, in chapter 11, they've moved into the city of Jerusalem. And it's all now about holy city living. They're, they're now like physically living in the promises of God. They're, they're living in the fulfillment of what God said was going to happen. And it's an incredible place to be living. Like, you know, they, they're literally, when they when they walk out their house and they walk down the streets and they see the wall and they see the people around them, they can reach out and touch and smell and taste and, and see in the physical world that they are, they are living in the promises of what God has said would happen, what God has then delivered against his promises. And they're there and it's an incredible place for them to be living. Um, doing the things that God's called them to. The, you know, these musicians that were in Babylon basically like busking and doing, you know, like side hustle gigs for, for that. No, 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 they're now in the place God's called them to do, fulfilling the purpose of what God has called them to make. Um, it, it's incredible. Actually, talking about the musicians, you see in um, verse 23, it says, the musicians were under the king's orders, which regulated their daily activity. That's talking about a special tax status that was given to priests, Levites, and musicians from um, Artaxerxes. You can see it in um, Ezra seven twenty four. So you know they, they've they you know like they've now got like special tax status so that they can be doing the stuff that God has called them to. It's it's an incredible fulfillment, physical daily reality of living in the promises of what God has called them to do. Now we're going to focus. Um, around this time in the, the people that are in Jerusalem. But I want to just call out really, really, really importantly, in verse 25, it talks about um, the people living in the surrounding fields and, you know, significant distances away from Jerusalem. And I just want to pause. We can get very city-centric. And certainly when we're looking at, you know, you know, a book like Nehemiah, where it's all about rebuilding the walls and people inhabiting this city, Farmers, land, fields, rural communities are integral to God's plans. They are integral to God's plans and not just like, you know, pointing it here and saying, well, look, there's a little verse here. No, no, no. The future of what God is going to do on this earth, the plans that God has for farmers, for land, for rural communities, for fields are like of critical importance. So if you are involved in any 
things around that sphere. I want to commend you. I want to thank you. And I want to just state you and the places you are inhabiting just now and the jobs you are doing are fundamentally important, fundamentally important to what God is going to do in our near future. So thank you and keep going. But let's just have a look at the people who've moved to Jerusalem. So verse uh, uh, chapter 11, verse 2, the people commended all who volunteered to live in the city. See, some of them it's by drawing lots, so kind of their name has kind of come out the hat, as it were. And some of them have done it by choice. Now, um, let's be very clear. This is a risky thing for them to do. You know, like history has shown that Jerusalem is, you know, the, the, like it's a, it's a dangerous place to live. The, the reaction of the people around them when they were building it, the history of what's happened, they will be more of a target and more danger living in Jerusalem to some degree than they would have been in the cities and the villages out where they were. They'd probably also be financially worse off, some of them. So, you know, they'd maybe be leaving large tracts of land and kind of farming land to move to the city to buy small plots of land around it. So, you know, this is why the people commend them, because what they're doing is not the easy choice. It's not saying, oh, you know, I'm going to leave my kind of rural humdrum backdrum place and I'm going to go and um, and make it in the big city. No, no, no. This was, they were commended because this was a risky thing for them to do. Sometimes financially worse off, a more exposed place for them. Now, in most of these talks so far, I, I would be speaking to all of us, you know. So when I say something like, you are uniquely made, I, I'm speaking to all of us, not just to select individuals. But just for a little moment, I want to pause from speaking to all of us and deviate from sort of speaking to everyone and I want to specifically call out and commend a group of people to you. I want to call you to be inspired by them and to commend and support them and I want just thinking about these individuals I want it to inspire all of us to pursue God's promises for us. Now there are people who are living exactly the same now as the people were in Nehemiah 11. There are people that have heard or felt the call of God to go somewhere, to do something, maybe to start building something, you know, maybe move house, to stop work, to start something new, a new organic thing. And they're only doing this. The only reason they're doing this is because they feel God's told them to do it. They're not doing it because it's safe or financially better for them or a well-worn path, or, you know, it's something that people will think highly in regard and wealth, or no, 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 they're explicitly only doing it because they feel God has called them to do it. They're putting their trust in God's promises and God's word. You know, these people that live, it's maybe not the best term, but I'm going to call it this prophetic lifestyle of hearing God say, calling them to do something and pursuing it and going and doing it, living in God's promises. They are incredible people. And there are people that are close to my heart because I've been, in fact, I still would say that I am with them in that place. Now, uh, I've never had to experience the level of persecution or hardship that some people will have done doing this. So um, my, my circumstance won't ever be the same as anyone else's. But what's true of all these people when they're, when they're taking this step out to live in this way? daily, hourly sometimes as a means of survival, they're having to hold on to God's promises because of the exposure of the position that they're putting themselves in. They will be at the end of their own means, comfort, strength, wisdom, patience, the end of their tether. And they won't have made these choices and pursued this path because it's the easy thing, but because they think God's called them to do it. 
and they will be holding fast onto the promises of God. Sometimes, um, and I know this to be true for friends of ours and us as well, like there will be moments where you basically, they're worn down in strength, ragged fingernails from clinging on, tears streaking down their face, but they're still choosing to trust in the promises of God. And if you're in that place just now, again, I want to commend you. Thank you for trusting that you've heard God and pursuing his voice. We will be blessed by you doing that. We need you to keep holding firm and keep going. And I want to thank you. And I, again, I want to commend us, like we need to support you. If you know someone that is pursuing a path because they feel that God has called them to do it, then you need to, you need to support them in prayer, emotionally, maybe with provision of food or finance. Or, you know, you, we really need to support these people. Just like the people in, um, in 11 verse 2, they commended them. They sent them off well. They supported them. They endorsed what they were doing. We need to do that for people that are doing this. So genuinely, if you know someone that is in this place just now, please, please, please hold them up in prayer. Encourage them, support them, send them love, send them whatever you feel God calling to you to do to support them in it. Now, if I come back to speaking to all of us, you know, we all matter to God. We are all created to live with great purpose. We've already seen God's plans have specific dates and times and deadlines against them and that you are uniquely needed. And like the people in Nehemiah 11, some of them were called by lot that, you know, they just, you know, basically God said, this is what I want you to do. But some of them volunteered. And I want to encourage you. You might not feel that you feel God speaking to you to do something, but you might just have something in your heart or you might see an opportunity or you might see someone else pursuing the thing that God's called them to do. You can volunteer to get out of the boat and walk on water with them or walk on water to what God has called you to do. You are uniquely made. There's unique work for you to do. Now, please never degrade the work that God calls you to. Maybe the, the stuff that you feel God calling you to doesn't look dramatic, like, you know, moving and packing up bags and, and kind of going away and, and leaving security and comfort. Not all things that God calls us to involve risk to life or loss. But all of us need to do the things that God has called us to do and to trust in his promises. All the Bible talks about is the nature and the character of God, what you mean to him, what he has won for you. And so I want to encourage you to step out, to take risks, to move into the place, not necessarily physically, geographically moving place, but to move into the space that God has called you to go and inhabit. Honestly, the Bible will come alive to you. There have been moments where on a specific day, I've had to hold on to a Bible verse in a way that I have never had to before because I've needed in that day, in that moment, I've been desperate for that Bible verse to be true. Like, you know, like it's it's not just kind of like, oh, it's a nice thing to read the Bible. And, you know, that's, I think actually sometimes comfort is one of the biggest obstacles to us reading our Bible. Where you're in a place where you're following the call of God, there will be moments where you are, you feel incredibly exposed and you will read your Bible and there will be a verse and you'll say, God, I need this to be true today. I, I, I literally, genuinely cannot get through today without your provision or your safety or your security or hearing your voice. And I've been there. My, my prayer life this morning was like that. 
was genuinely God, I, I, I need this verse. I need you to come through and be true to this verse. It was one of the Psalms I was reading. And I, like it just, it was a gift from God for me to read that Psalm today. But I was desperately needing that to be true. And it is. The word of God is true and he loves you. You know, there's this um, well-worn joke that, you know, countless comedians have joked about, you know, where someone's in the swimming pool or in the sea or whatever, and um, and they're trying to encourage someone else to come in and say, oh, no, it's, 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 you know, it's warm, it's fine once you get into it. And, you know, the joke always goes that you step in and it's absolutely baltic, but then pretty soon you adjust and then you start calling others to come in. I know that there will be a moment where you react to what God's calling you to do, what you feel God's calling you to do, and you'll step into it and it will be a shock. <laughs> it will, I promise you, it is a good place to be. God will be with you. Daily living, sometimes desperate daily living in God's promises is an incredible way to live. And it's what the people in Nehemiah 11 are doing. And I promise you, God is true and faithful to his word. And it might be a shock and there will be days of desperate Bible reading. But honestly, those are some of the best days of Bible reading I've ever had. They've not been comfortable. But when you then see the physical fulfillment of scripture, of what God has promised you, it is incredible. And so I ask you, pray for those in the fire, those in the cold, bracing waters, those that are walking towards what they feel God's called them to do. Really support and love and nurture them. You need them. You need them. This is not them doing it on their own. This is them doing something that God has called them to because the world needs them to do it. And we need to love them and support them. But I also want to encourage you. The water's all right. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go as far to say it's warm, but, but really, if you feel God putting something on your heart, or if you're seeing someone doing something and you feel a call of God to go with them, trust God, step out, go for it. It is an incredible place to live.